my God. Welcome back, everybody. I've been reading our notes. I. It, it's funny. Like you've got it. You've got it in your mind is the direction that you think something's going to go in. And this has not gone in the direction at all that I expected it to go in. <laughs> Especially when Alex Alexander ended up befriending the monk and they ripped off the betting house and then acquired all that wealth. You guys essentially worked for Xanathar enough to hand him over Skullport, something he's been working towards for a very long time. But I don't really feel like you guys are necessarily the bad guys. You know what I mean? It's like you're the <laughs> lovable good guys that are getting duped into handing everything over to the bad guys. <laughs> <clears throat> Except for Tyr. Tyr might be a bad guy. <laughs> the, the, the bard rocker, as they say. So where we last left off, the team had some successes. Not only did they um, survive the House of Pain... Um, but they took down Flavia, the one in charge, the halfling in charge, although they thought it was a Goliath, but it turned out to be a halfling. Brought down the House of Pain, um, eroded the last of the power base within Skullport by doing this, and completed their mission and handed over the pseudo-leadership of Skullport to Xanathar's organization. Which, strangely enough, has brought some stability and a reasonable amount of diminished chaos. But we said goodbye to Rahi, who felt that she had done everything she needed to do, discovered the amulet that would allow her to begin to explore the regenerative effects of maybe recovering herself. Um, and we met Shogo, um, seemingly the original doctor to Rahi. And this particular doctor has a extreme fascination with animating the um, well, I guess you can't animate an undead, the animating of those that are maybe dead and then come back to life, as well as a kind of explicit um, kind of study of what causes these things to happen and fit quite nicely into this rather bizarre group. But the team had some time they returned to Waterdeep, uh, acquired new equipment, resolved past issues, um, got things organized and prepared, eventually meeting back down um, in Skullport uh, and meeting at the tavern to discuss next steps. I believe there was a burial, a brief burial where we last left off. Somebody got buried. I just don't remember who it was. Uh, we were bodies from our last fight. Yeah, <laughs> the the slightly rotting bodies that were pulled from the different, I guess, was brought from the portable hole. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shogo, um, kind of feeling uh, that it was important to get that resolved, um, but currently we are on the outskirts of Skullport, near the beginnings of the warrens and pathways that will lead us back into the mysterious caverns with the understanding that the entrance to the arcane cavern is the next best hope of finding a way down into the below areas of the undermountain. I believe we are on day 
Make sure here. Uh, we are on day 14. Since day 14. the discovery of this particular area. You guys are on the outskirts of Skullport. Just recently <coughs> buried, or at least contributed to the burial of the strange individual. Um, the Goliath that was trapped inside. What would you guys like to do? I, I that does a does a portable hole need like a like potpourri or anything? Like do you air it out after the? the I don't. How does that work? Does anybody know that? Uh, I'm sure Gelmir will find out in time. <laughs> I think he likes the smell. <laughs> Wait a minute! I love the smell. It's how, it's how I know it's mine. Uh, okay. As long as it makes you happy. Oh yeah, yeah. There are a lot. I mean, Alexander's immortality makes me happy. Uh, his <sighs> propensity for you know doing everything without really looking like he's doing anything at all that makes me happy. Uh, Wintrude's constant nagging is just it just reminds me of my my wife and her seven boyfriends. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Seven boyfriends. <laughs> True. So, uh, well, I, I guess what I, I guess what I've come to the conclusion of is I, I really need to make a note that if you put corpses or it, bodies in there, we need to take them out in a timely fashion. Because uh, this was disgusting. Let's not do this again. Uh, I mean, it's only gross if they rot. Maybe we just got to find a way to make them so they don't rot. Nothing good comes from leaving the dead about, but if you really deem it necessary, I could, I could use my magic to preserve the dead if that becomes a consistent issue. I think the best way to preserve it is to salt and or smoke. No, the yeah. best way is magic, trust me. Yeah, I think if you're gonna eat it later like I normally do, I think salt and smoke is good. Uh, magic kind of gives me acidic uh, goblin reflex. I don't not don't like it. Don't like it. Um, I'll take your word for it. Meanwhile, right. there's just hairless chimpanzee following them the whole time. <laughs> God. Uh, wait, what? When did it lose its hair? Don't know, but now it's hairless. That is terrifying. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, all right. So, oh God, where's the entrance to the next floor? Me and Gilmir located it earlier. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's here. Just follow me. Gilmir just kind of the awkward monkey behind them. Just they, the two of them are kind of like loping up ahead. The journey out of Skullport doesn't take that very very long about an hour kind of cruising along the cut up the threads out into the tunnels and gelmir and shogo had already spent some time exploring this entrance um although wintrude had found evidence that maybe his sister or her sister had taken a different route this route seems to be another possibility as uh gelmir and shogo begin to like show you a cave entrance with a lot of pictographs, 
writings. Um, some of it looks magical in nature. Some of it looks like it's just panels of strange kind of visual references and um, just like there definitely appears to be writing of some sort here. Although it's difficult to understand, it doesn't feel like language. Um, the tunnel or the cave entrance is maybe about 12 feet tall. And <laughs> you got to love Chris's ringtones. They're just. <laughs> the cave entrance maybe stands about 12 feet tall. Uh, it's about six feet wide. So each door panel is three feet wide. Um it looks like there was initial signs of excavation here, but the equipment looks abandoned. Um, the rock piles look old. This feels like a place somebody might have discovered, tried to get into it, couldn't figure it out, and they simply abandoned this entrance. I believe the one thing that either Shogo or Gelmir picked up on was that there was a kind of arcane... Um, there was kind of like a magic sensation like there was magic here it was just hard to understand what it was focused to or what it was focused on um it had a bit of a resonance and they got the feeling that the the writing and the imagery somehow might play into this overall ability to get through these doors so i don't know if this is applicable or not i i do have uh i have eyes of the Runekeeper. Which does. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Where is it? It just simply says you can read all writing. <laughs> it doesn't really go into like any sort of flourishing description. You can interpret or read it. Uh, it says you can read all writing. Interesting. Um. Before the, we get into that, the meat from of the things, player's handbook, page one hundred eleven. Okay. I would like to use my circlet of self disguise to look in like a like a carnival headmaster, and then I'm gonna start clapping. And get me and Gorilla are gonna put on a little show by inspiring leader <laughs> to give everyone uh, temporary hit points. Go We've ahead, been working girl. on this for a while. <laughs> uh, what do you want me to roll? Isn't it performance or it's a, well? No, you you're oh, it's, temp- yeah that, that oh yeah that one is just a uh, fifteen flat. Oh, okay, so everyone gets fifteen temporary hit points for the day. Yep, or until they run out. What? That's nice. I mean, the what did Gelmir call it? What's the name of this thing again? Little gorilla. Little gorilla. Little gorilla. Yeah, little gorilla. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it's it's like, and you notice that as it's dancing around doing its thing, its hair starts to grow back all of a sudden. Um, but it's like it's growing too fast and and too much of it's growing back. No worry, um, all part of the show, folks. <laughs> yeah, it's just dancing around. Camera's like, uh, what are you doing with my gorilla? You know, that's my gorilla, tear. Not your gorilla, my gorilla. <laughs> Don't worry, he's getting paid a fair wage. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If I wake up in the morning, he's cuddled with you. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be mad. That's, that sucks. Hey, has anybody thought about maybe 
I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not like a, a zoologist or anything, but taking a baby gorilla in deep into these dungeons and caverns, not, not the best thing. Uh, yeah, it's not really a baby, Wintrude. It's full grown. Look at it. It's bigger than me. That's full grown. Like all oh, you guys are full grown, right? Cause you're bigger than me. I, I'm yeah. not taking like a baby Wintrude or a baby tear or a baby Shogu or, or immortal Alexander down into the dungeon. Right. I mean, it's all fine. Well, it's, well, I mean, fine. I mean, even if the gorilla were grown, uh, gorillas aren't supposed to be underground. They're supposed to be oh, you, like you know Cholt. You know, like Cholt. What's wow. it, what do you what do you have in your handbook on gorillas? Oh, yeah, it's a good point. When true, what do you got in your? Well, I have. Have, well, I have very little. I, I haven't <laughs> had to do any extensive research or noting of gorillas, but I shall begin. I I, I, I can begin now. Forthwith, um, if you like. Forthwith. <laughs> well, I think maybe that's your your chance to put to take some research. Maybe you can publish your own book. What Dungeon Gorillas, Volume Two. Why does what everybody when you bring a gorilla deep down into <laughs> the underdark? Well, I, I oh, and then parentheses chimpanzees. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting it's actually a chimpanzee. Yeah, exactly. Delmer doesn't know the difference. <laughs> But, um, all right, let's get back to the stuff. Eyes of the so Keeper. Yeah, yeah, I, the, I don't know. I, so I have a – it just simply says I yeah, can read all you, writing. Yeah, as you invoke that, um, you begin to realize that the, the panels of imagery and the arcane writing – the arcane writing is actually smaller pictures – and this is when you begin to realize the entire presentation here is pictographical. Like it's just a series of representations and that the smaller writing is actually smaller imagery and they almost begin to tell a story. And as you begin to in interpret all of the paneling and the way everything is designed, you begin to realize that this door is telling the story of seven arcane wizards who built a arcane gate to hide Black Cloak's tomb. And it kind of confirms a lot of the notes and information you guys have mm. already gathered. Um, this feels like the entrance, but once again, there doesn't seem to be an obvious way in. Mm. It's like it's it's more that it's it's telling like the story of what the seven did. It doesn't say anything about here's yeah. what the, here's what this needs to open the door. <laughs> and first panels of the first wizard, you know, there's like seven panels of representation of each of the different wizards that kind yeah. of are responsible for how certain areas of the Undermountain were designed. Um, which kind of confirms the um, the worm chamber where the worms were brought into existence as a way to quickly, oh, you know, yeah. dig out the upper tunnels. Um, you know, the next wizard that like sealed everything off to prevent anyone from getting any further. Um, the ones that you haven't discovered yet are also represented here. Uh, the ones... So Winks, Grangy, and... Chenex are represented here. 
Oinks seems to be a bit of um, like the panel that represents that wizard's image is one where they're doing a lot of tinkering, almost like they're working within a workshop. Um, and it's kind of, uh, kind of imaged out that way. Um, what's another the, one. What's the third again? There's Winks, there's Granji and. And Chenix. Is that C-H-E-N-I-X or something? Uh, C-H-E-Y-N-I-X. C-H-E-Y-N-I-X. Granji's panel seems to be representing um, almost like a religious effigy of him sealing something, like sealing doors. But it's like this starburst of energy, and he's standing in front of it with this kind of like grandiose kind of religious representation. Like he's trying to seal something. And then there's Chenix, who is completely surrounded um, by humanoid figures that don't necessarily um, that don't necessarily show signs of what those humanoids are. Yeah. Oh, so that might. Oh, I wonder if that goes back to like what we learned last time, or what the the scholar at Candlekeep was saying about the the Githyanki sort of thing. Possibly. Oh gosh. Oh dear. Githyanki. However you say it correctly, I, you know. Githyanki. Yeah, Githyanki. I'm putting a question mark next to it. Okay, possible. <laughs> in my notes, in my extensive notes. Is there a standard order that these seven are addressed? Perhaps interacting with the panels in that order could open the door. Ah, uh, I, I, I'm gonna. I don't want to shock anyone, but I don't seem to know quite at the moment. Um, these humanoids might actually be Githyanki. Are you familiar with the Githyanki? These these are sort of beings in, in, involved in interdimensional and time travel, and that kind of worries me. Um, not just for opening this door, if there's some sort of dimensional temporal chicanery we must get up to but as we go down further we we might not just be geographically going somewhere we might be like in time going somewhere or somewhere else like not even in the in the in the common era where we find ourselves and that's whew, maybe i'm getting off track though i need to I, I can't even remember that this that little grill is actually a chimpanzee because okay i'm a little flustered at the moment um what is uh, what I don't see is uh, what what exactly is Grangey depicted? As um, Grangey is depicted um, just sealing something like he's he's in a religious environment almost, and he's like just kind of got his hands up in the air. He's facing in a profile way towards what feels like a magical portal, like something being sealed and to the point of order annabelle's the first one and she's the one that you remember as the final one that sealed all the tombs that sealed all the different levels that you would have access to and she was like i believe she was the first one you guys interacted with yeah 
Then there was critics. Then there was Theo and then Zeno, all of which seem to be dedicated to the upper portions of the Undermountain, either um, creating these upper portions and um, creating the summoning and use of things, including the ceremonial uh, burial chamber that was used to create all the distinct burial outcomes of the different um, uh, uh, the different followers of Halastar. This gave you the feeling that that Annabelle was the final one to seal everything, and that each level has been kind of gradually revealing what the different students were participating with. Um, <sighs> Winks, Grangey, and Chenix seem to be in the panels as if they were responsible for the kind of maybe the entombment of Black Cloak and that they were responsible for these extreme lower yeah. kind of uh, places of existence. Okay. So do we go from top to bottom or bottom to top? Um, I'm fine trying either way. Sorry. I know puzzles on a Sunday is never easy. No, I'm just I'm, I'm also trying to. It's funny because I'm trying to you know type my notes at the same time. <laughs> well, I so, mean, is it some sort of magical means that we're lacking? Some sort of spell? Is it like if I if I? Can I mean, give me either an Arcana check or an Insight check to see if using that ability to read everything might have kind of revealed something to you? Oh, you mean like in, in coordination with what yeah. I gleaned yeah. from Elminster's journal that, that I got handed? Sure. Before, um, before you make the roll, okay. um, I beckon you to come closer. This will help you think. And I hold my left arm close to you. It's noticeably a bit larger underneath the bandages than the right one. I lift up some of the bandages slightly and this odd, strong smell um, like cinnamon leaks out. And as you breathe it in, it actually makes you think it, it invigorates you uh, as I cast guidance. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, like <laughs> it's like a jump start for my brain. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, if I roll insight, I have advantage thanks to Alex's gift. So yeah, go for it. That wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't be horrible. And you add one d four. Oh my goodness. Um, oh, that's right. Because Alexander gave you that gift. That's right. I forgot about that. Do I have the one d four as its own roll? Like one roll yes. for both advantages. Okay, so let me. No, no, no. You roll the advantages. For, you roll normal. Yeah. You you take the higher of the two rolls, and then you add the d4. Yeah, just one d4. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. So that's 14 plus 3, so that's 17. Okay. The panels appear to be out of order. And do they appear that they could actually be manipulated, or are they locked? Give me a strength like check as you... Suss that out. 
Okay, well, for one thing, before I drop one of these on my toe, when I accidentally remove it and I can't handle it, the, the, the panels are out of order, it seems like. All right, put them and in order. Are there seven? Are there seven panels? Is that what I'm seeing? Like the seven and what they yeah. did? Or, oh, okay. So, okay, so we got to go back through it. Okay, uh, let me see. Stre strength check. 18. 18? Um, the panels are heavy, uh, but they're, you know, they, they seem to be on tracks. They're almost like they're able to Tetris into different positions. So, so do we move these panels in the order of which we've encountered the seven? Like Annabelle first, uh, well, then the others. I'd have to check my notes. I can't remember the order. But we haven't encountered all seven, right? So Correct. So far, you've encountered Annabelle, Kreenix, Theo, and Zeno. Well, it's a start, though. We know who we encountered first. Okay. The first try four. It. Let's try that, am I tall enough to actually? No, the only person probably tall enough is Alexander. <laughs> He's Alexander's just back there watching when she's I'm like, oh, trying to reach toes. the upper panels. Oh. Hey, <laughs> hey, somebody! Wait, how tall. tall is Alexander? You're mute if you're talking, Alex. How tall is Alexander? Six one. I'm a half elf. I'll probably be that. Like, <laughs> I think I'm, your height is on your character sheet somewhere. If if we go in if the order, yeah, Alex. If we if we move the the panels in the order, what, the, I mean, the last three we'd have to I'd have to take a, a deeper look at it, maybe go through again. But but to, okay. the first four, right? Can remember it's it's Annabelle, uh, it's Annabelle, Theo, Critics, Critics, Zeno, Zeno, Zeno so, is the one that you remember that was the harvester of the worms. Bringing the magical worms into existence. You know that Annabelle was the first of the burials that you ran into. Theo was the one that seemed to be responsible for the burial chamber itself. Um, and Krinix was the one that seemed to have something to do, I believe, with the undead remnants. Um, if I get hurt from, from moving these things, Winshrewd, I'm... Going to be very upset with you. Okay? <laughs> ah, but you're immortal, Alex. What are you worried about? You can't really get hurt. I just feel like every time you guys, you, I've, I've, <laughs> I've heard the, the discussion of having me trigger the traps, and you know, I, I that's not what I'm here for. I, not a. I, I, you're I, immortal, of course. That's what you're here for. <laughs> well, it was because of your height. You, I, the the the, the fire. Well, do you want me episode, to hold you up? I, I, I tried to warn you about the fire ward. You, I can hold you up there if you want to. I just don't understand what stopped you in the past. I, I Nothing seems yeah, to be a trap here. Would you like yeah. me to make a thorough check for traps? No. No, absolutely not. But I just... I'm just wondering if I would, you I would like to set up. a trap. Tears <laughs> <laughs> like over there setting a little smoke bomb. Tears wants I, to do some slide of hand. I still have the little bear trap that I got. Yeah, so how, how many how many things how many things are there to slide? There like are seven. seven panels. Okay, so I just and, go and, and I I slide the first four like you said, and then I automatically just slide the rest of the three at a random. Okay, so I just slide all of them. So. The Annabelle panel slides first. Uh, okay. Give me a strength say or give me a strength check. I'm gonna back general, out just as a base. Ten feet. 
I'm uh, going to. Uh, that's a that's a one plus one. That's a two. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, I, I was about to say I was going to assist him, but before I assist him, I gesture for Mika to go stand by tier. <laughs> okay, so you have advantage. So go ahead and give me another roll, Alex. That's a twelve. All right. I mean, it's not overly difficult, DC, to move these panels, but. You notice that when you move them, they make kind of clicking noises, like they're interacting with something as they shift. You move the first panel in order. You then put the second panel, the third, and the fourth. And when those four panels click and settle into place, you can hear, the like, now you can hear something continuously clicking behind the door, like a click, 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 click. And the moment that you move one of the newer panels, it stops the clicking sound in its tracks. So you feel like you get the fir- first four in, in order correctly, but then as you go down the list, the next three don't feel quite correct. Exactly. And once again, the Winx panel is working in a laboratory. The Grangy uh, panel is sealing a tomb and then the Chanix panel seems to be surrounded by hum- humanoid creatures. Those three seem like they need to be in a semblance of order to kind of complete the riddle that's being kind of played out here from, from an image perspective. If I had to guess based on the sound that we hear, the next one is Winks. I would guess the one after that would be... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Chen X. And the last one would be Granji. With that, you guys, yeah, you watch as Alexander begins to follow what Shogo is saying. And those last three, as they get orientated and put into place, the clicking continues this time until it's winding and, and kind of like buzzing at a faster pace. And that's when you hear this grinding noise as the outline of the two panel doors like settle. And both doors just scrape and barely manage to open. And on the interior now, you could see the beginning of a tunnel that goes in 10 feet and then a series of stairs carved in the ground that go deep into the darkness below you. You get the feeling whoever worked here before had no idea who all these imageries were. And the fact that you guys had already encountered four of the seven, this is a story of the, of, of this feels like the first kind of attempt at sealing off the undermountain. And then those students that remained alive then use their powers and influence to continue to make the undermountain upwards and seal it off as almost like a burial rite of sorts to keep them in hiding. But there's something about those three final panels, the kind of the idea that maybe these remaining students were directly involved somehow, either in the ceiling of the final tomb down below, which they could you know, they could have their own tombs even deeper that they were sealed in. 
I'm going to use message to send a message to Alex, and I'm also going to disguise my voice to sound like Alex. <laughs> I'm going to say, great job, Alexander. This is your conscience. These guys couldn't do anything without you. All right, give watch me out. Gilders give me performance for starters. Rubies. <laughs> give me performance for starters. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Twelve. Twelve. Now give me deception with disadvantage. Ooh, it would have been a not 20. 21. 21? Actually, good recovery. At first, you kind of feel like your voice is being heard, and then you kind of remember that you're using a spell. Um, of course, I think Alexander's disappeared on us. <laughs> I'm here. Oh, there he is. You begin. So, Alexander, in your mind, you're hearing your own voice, although it sounds a little strange, but it sounds like you is telling you that without you, they couldn't do anything. That you're the reason why they're being successful. <laughs> and then a slight laugh in your mind. The laugh I, was I, a part of the message. <laughs> I, 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 I don't tell them that I'm, that this is occurring. <laughs> you can also respond. Because of the message, you can respond to the message. Um... No, no response. (laughs) (laughs) Alexander's got that like stoic look as you guys are all looking into the beginning of this cavern. Only goes in 10 feet, and then it's just these sharp descending stairs that go deep into the darkness. Who wants to take point? I'll go. Gelmir immediately has floppy feet going forward, and you can already hear him starting to go down the stairs. Oh, it's dark. <laughs> Be careful. Wow, thanks for the concern. Does the chimpanzee just run right after him, too? Oh, like, yeah, where just the- in tow. Wherever he goes, the chip goes with him. Uh, well, I, I guess... Uh, oh, go ahead, sorry. I, I gently grab Mika's hand and uh, hurry after him with okay. Mika in tow. I'll also follow behind. I'll, I'll go last. Okay. As all of you. Ux, are you going down? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. As all of you kind of begin to descend to the stairwell, you begin to realize that this is carved from solid rock. Um, once again, you can see the signs of just ancient activities here whether forced or done on done with any kind of equity in mind, it's hard to tell, but this feels like old warrens that you're gradually walking down. It's also starting to get a little bit warm because you're getting further away from the Skullport area where there's not as much like kind of like um, the coolness of the sea. So now you're below that that ground level and you're getting you probably go down these stairs for a good 20 minutes and because they're carved solidly into rock there's no real opportunity to notice if um, there's any traps because there's nothing to interact with there's no braziers there's no levers it's like you guys are looking at this 
perfectly smooth environment. These carved stones just constantly going down and down and down until you hear Gilmar's voice like down below you. Uh, yeah, I think I found something. And all of you eventually collect on a platform. It's a perfectly circular platform in a perfectly circular room. No other doors that you can immediately see. There are four pedestals in the circular room. One pedestal is in the shape of a flame. Another pedestal is in the shape of a fountain of water. <clears throat> Another pedestal is in the shape of a cloudscape. And another pedestal is in the shape of like a earthen mound. There are chamber itself is perfectly around with lots of stones kind of stacked in place. But no door that you can tell at this point. So four pedestals. Uh yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to stand over here out of the way. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. Um, I, 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 I immediately search to see if there is a secret door. Uh, give me an investigation check as you begin to search around the room. 18. 18. The pedestals, the way they're built look like they are designed to pivot downwards. The area of the round stone floor that you're on, you find a thin seam that runs from each of the pedestals. It's almost as if there might be a continuation of the stairwell hidden underneath the floor. Um, guys, I think I think there is um, there's a uh... Something underneath this floor. I think we should check it out. I don't know. I imagine we need to uh, solve whatever needs to be done with the pedestals to continue. Um, I apologize for throwing you under the line, but since you are a tiefling and resilient to fire damage, could you inspect the uh, flame uh, pedestal? If you get hurt, I promise to patch you up immediately. <laughs> what, what do I need to do with the flame pedestal? I mean, we can both see the flame pedestal the same, right? From yeah, all of you can see there are these four perfectly placed pedestals that represent the different elements. I'm going to walk up and piss on the water pedestal. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's sterile. You guys watch, he's like, a <clears throat> tear walks up to it. Uh, Wait. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, you really think urinating on it is, is a possible solution? I'll spit on it first. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, you a bit of a compromise. As, as Tear spits on it, the globule of saliva, when it like um, attaches to the flat of the top of the pedestal, there's a burbling sensation from the liquid. The pedestal drops slightly before the liquid kind of burns away. It doesn't seem to be quite enough. 
Good name. Oh. A lot of spit. Oh. Uh. I just open up one of my uh, water canteens, hold it over the pedestal, and just dump it on. I still have to take a piss. Then <laughs> this will help lower the pedestal until you can actually hit it, unless you're <laughs> capable of hissing you know, four feet in the air. You watch as Shogo is doing this, and it gets to a point where Tyr is like able to relieve himself. And between the water canteen and Tyr, the pedestal it settles into the ground. There's this heavy sound underneath, and the floor doesn't reveal itself, but the other three pedestals are still there. So I... uh, I turn towards the one with fire and I yeah. I snap to cast sacred flame on it and see if that does anything. <laughs> sacred flame. You watch as the sacred flame lights and then fades and nothing happens. Uh, you get the feeling that the radiant effect is... Because it's radiant. Yeah. yeah it doesn't feel like a flame effect. Fire. Oh, well, okay. Uh, we got clouds. We got... Uh, at least we don't have to pee on everything. That's a bonus. Um, um, well, uh, what are the different pedestals again? Which one do you, we have? We did the water one. There's one plane. Water, earth, fire, air. Hey, Gilmer, can I borrow your hole real quick? Uh, my, my, oh, my portable hole. Uh, what are you gonna do with it? Uh, for the pedestal. For the pedestal, I just let me see it real quick. Sure, he hands it over to you. I'm gonna unroll the hole, and I'm just gonna do it like I'm cleaning a rug on the <laughs> air one. <laughs> There's not really a lot of resistance to that, so it doesn't really create a breeze. Okay. It's just as you kind of like flap it. It sets onto the pedestal. The pedestal disappears because the magic portal appears. But then when you flap it, it reappears. It doesn't seem to react to it. All right. Roll it back up and give it back to Gelmer. That was really cool, Tear. Uh, uh, that, 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 normally, that's when Rahi, if, if she was here, would say, Ah, you did a Gelmer. So um, you said there were stones in the room, too, correct? There are stacked um, stone uh, uh, bricks that was used to make the walls uh, of the interior, like the, the masonry stones. But they're not loose; they're actually set. No, the they're the walls themselves. Yeah. Uh, and the floor. What's the floor made out of? Is it? Um, it is solid stone, with the exception of where Alexander saw the lines that of the different areas that. That, okay. that kind of um, segment where the pedestals are. And now that the water pedestal has collapsed, there is a slight elevation in the segment of the floor that the pedestal is associated to that one. Yeah, I was just we wondering if there's anywhere to gather up like some dirt or anything and try to put it on the earth and give me a perception check. Um, okay, perception. 30. 30, yeah. Actually, you find a bunch of small pebbles and fractured remains of the masonry work. 
you gather them up in the palm of your hand and kind of place it on the pedestal. There's kind of like a burst of dust as they're consumed. And the pedestal drops down. And the quarter segment it's on slightly elevates while the water one slightly lowers. Oh, this is going to be a sort of balancing mechanism. Right? They're going up and down in relation to each other? So at this point, are are they all level except the rock one? Uh, or is the, it like two? Is there three levels where it's the two? Air and fire are leveled, are perfectly leveled because they haven't been interacted with yet. Water, uh, both and rock. earth and water pedestals have lowered, but the earth segment that it was on is higher than the water segment. So it's like up slightly, and the water segment is down slightly, almost like it's beginning to take the shape of stairways leading got downward. You. Oh, gotcha. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to just light a torch and drop it on the flame pedestal. That one lowers even... That pedestal lowers into the ground. That segment gets a lower than the water segment. The water segment's lower than the earth segment. The only one that hasn't been interacted with yet is air. And it feels like if that one drops, it might reveal the stairs that are going to go continue down. Oh, okay. I, I use... Uh... I use thaumaturgy to uh, scream very profane things at it. You stupid pedestal! It is thunderous. Gilmer, can you turn to a ghost and stand on the pedestal? No, I like I like Alexander's idea. It just uh, there's this boom of his voice, and it creates just enough of a compression of air that as it blasts across the pedestal. <laughs> The, that final pedestal drops. <laughs> All four segments begin to <laughs> kind of lower, and there's just this continuous sound of like lowering stairs. <laughs> As you guys are now staring down into another deep dark. I, I immediately of run stairs. down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Try to hold back, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But Shogo, you just have to get used to it. Trust me, it's sort of a they. Gelmir and Alex tend to bound ahead. They they do tend to discover all the traps for us that way. I'm no stranger to raising children. Don't worry. <laughs> if there's like a bottom of the stairs, as soon as I reach the bottom, I stop and I'll I want to like check out the surroundings. So as you and Gelmir sprint down the stairs, they only go down about. 30 feet. Okay. And as the rest of you follow down, you're in yet another chamber. Um, in this chamber, there are, like, the moment Gelmir and Alexander arrive in here, you watch as this rounded chamber, there are seven torches. And each torch begins to blaze, <laughs> like, m with magical fire. And the walls are now dancing with shadows. And these shadows seem to represent individual positions of combat. And the shadows are dancing in the kind of makeshift light that the torches provide. 
And once again, no obvious doors or exits. Um, I, I cast Mage Hand, which I just picked up in the last level, and use it to uh, try to interact with um, what I would seem to be the first uh, fighting position. What okay. I would determine to be like the, the earliest in, in fighting combat. Uh, give me insight check as you begin to coordinate that. That is a 16. Now give me sleight of hand with advantage. Good, good thing I had advantage on that <laughs> 20. 20, nice. You guys watch as Alex brings Mage Hand into existence. The Mage Hand floats over to the first shadow. And as it does, that's when you notice that the shadow is a humanoid figure moving in kind of like an attack formation. Like it's almost like it's got a shield and sword. It's just repeatedly attacking with a shield and sword. As you look at the way that shadow is doing that, you can see a copper pressure plate in the ground that the shadow is dancing on top of. And when Alexander points it out, each one of you now see an equal shaped pressure plate, seven of them in the circular chamber. And each one seems to represent a particular fighting style that these shadows are representing as well. What are the fighting styles that we can see? So the first one seems to be sword and shield. It's the first mm -hmm. one. The second one seems to be a pikeman. The third one, an archer. The fourth one, a footman. The fifth one uh, appears to be a heavy crossbow. The sixth one appears to be a spearman. And then the seventh and final one seems to be a wizard. Does anybody have a shield? I hold mine up. As uh, much as it can be called a shield. Maybe put stand on that platform or or put the shield on the platform or... Hand me the shield, and I'll stand on the platform. I shrug and uh, walk over to the uh, the pressure plate and step on it. As you step on it, it seems to bear the weight with you having the shield out. The shadow almost acts like an immediate kind of adversary, and the shadow goes to slam into your shield. Your shield absorbs the attack of the shadow, and you feel the pressure plate make a clicking sound, and it falls in slightly, only an inch or two, and then you can see the beginnings of an outline of a door nearby. Oh. I don't even know if there's, do you think there's an order to this, or do you think we can just go? Well, let me, let me try. Uh, so I, I take out my crossbow, and then I stand at the crossbow shadow. Yeah, you stand over at the crossbow shadow. It lowers a bit. There's a section of the door that reveals itself, but it seems to be the bottom corner where the other one was the top corner. 
it feels like the challenge you have here, Gelmir sees what you guys are doing and immediately kind of um, puts all of his weapons away and stands on the footman pressure plate, right? And three pressure plates are now down, but it feels like this is designed to be opened at the same time. There needs to be at least seven people on these pressure plates with different like it's almost like their weight is tied to the imagery and the shadow of the pressure plate and the shadow reacts at that moment that you stand on it so Wintrude you're attacked by the shadow Gelmir's attacked by the shadow but those shadows are absorbed and the pressure plates go in Mm -hmm. so right now you have the pike archer um, and the uh, wizard Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so um, I uh, okay. So we have we we have Grillzilla. You know, he, he could he could stand on uh, maybe maybe the footman one. I could stand on the the wizard one, and we could even use the this is his you know bird thing you know and 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 give him give him a. Shogo has someone as well. Oh yeah. I'm. I'd prefer not to volunteer her. <laughs> I I, st- I stand on the wi- the wizarding one, and I uh, kind of uh, put my hands out as if I'm going to cast a spell and kind of maybe formulate something in the hands. You know. So I've got Alexander on the wizard pressure plate. I've got Wintrude on the crossbow pressure plate. I got Gelmir on the footman, and I've got Shogu on the sword and shield I still have the pike the archer and the spearman um, at least be okay Mika I says I uh, Mika has a cross uh, a uh, crossbow slung over her back okay. um, put her on the archer uh, spot yeah okay she goes over absorbs the shadow effect more of the doors revealing, so you just have the pike and the spear, per- the spearman left. Uh, does anybody have a pike or a spear? No. Do I look like I'm tall enough? <laughs> um, I'm going to take a torch and tie a dagger to the torch. To t- <laughs> there you go. You watch his tear. Uh, give me, give me a slide ahead as you make a very impromptu, crude-looking spear. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> give me a Constitution save, please. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, you take half of eighteen points of lightning damage as the pressure plate that's made of copper. <laughs> Sends a lightning blast up your foot, ankle, your leg, to the and, and like all your hair just goes into immediate like frizz as you, oh, as you kind of pull away, realizing that the weight of what you made didn't quite. And then you hear Gelmira, oh yeah, here, hold on. He like goes into his bag of holding or into his portable hole. Oh, here you go, tear, throws you a spear. <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> I thought you had one. I mean, that looked like a pretty good spear that you were making. I didn't want to 
I don't want you to feel bad about yourself, you know. I mean, I mean, th- thinking about it now, I could have created a packed weapon and maybe given it to you, but I mean, you, you, you were looking so good with making the the, the dagger situation. So, uh, how do I get a pipe? The tear, like tender, like very tenderly, kind of steps on the pressure plate again, absorbs the shadow. At this point, all the torches have gone out, but one. All the pressure plates are stood on, but one. The only remaining one now is a pipe. Okay, I I think I could probably do this. I, I can create I can like um kind of destroy my my longsword pack weapon, create a new pack weapon of a pike, and I could h- hand it to the gorilla. <laughs> Give me persuasion as you do that. I think that's great. Which is a chimp. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a 15. All right, you know. now give me animal handling with advantage because it's a pretty good persuasion. Come on! 15. <laughs> nice! Uh, a little gorilla, gorilla comes over, <laughs> grabs it from mm. you, and Gilmer's like, you just gave a dangerous weapon to, to a little gorilla. All right, this is going to be... And it starts swinging it around like it doesn't know what to do with it and drags it along... And all of you are kind of gesticulating towards the pressure plate to kind of coax it in that direction <laughs> until eventually kind of like stands on it. And the last torch goes out. There's this prolonged clicking sound is that the pressure plates all settle into spot, like into where the weight is. And you watch as the outline of that door finish. <laughs> And the door drags out into the interior of the chamber, and you watch as there's like steady um, kind of puffs of magic light revealing the tunnel that begins to go straight into the doorway. And it looks like a long tunnel. Uh, I immediately make the the pike disappear, and uh, I regenerate a <laughs> I regenerate my long sword, and I'm just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> Little gorilla goes running over to Galmir. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I got, I, I didn't understand the pack weapon as much until I read the new Unearthed yeah. Arcana, and it yeah. was explaining how, like, it. I might not like the Unearthed Arcana, but like, it was, it actually gave more details about the pack weapon, and it was like talking about how you can like generate it, and you can like use it as a throwing weapon, and you yep. can, re, you know, it was like really cool stuff, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So yeah, I like yeah. it. Um. All right. So Who's that going door first? has swung open. Galmir begins to step in the direction of the hallway that's now revealing into this chamber. Um, so you guys have made it through that arcane doorway, came down a series of steps into the four elements chamber. You then ended up into this shadow chamber that revealed a doorway into a very long hallway that you guys follow for maybe about five or ten minutes. Uh, but it's well lit. It's uh, these small puffs of light, almost like dancing lights, kind of like keep the hallway lit until you get to the end of the hallway. And then all five of you are just kind of standing there, staring at another door. This particular door um, has a riddle that goes back and forth on the front of the door. I, I, I semi mess with Winchard. Winchard, you just stepped out of trap. Don't move. Ah! Don't move. How? 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my. Just, uh... Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, sorry, I was I was confused for a second. No, you're fine. You're okay. fine. Just daintily step forward gingerly. We're <laughs> not taking any more chances. I'm gonna cast Mage Armor. <laughs> nice. So let me uh, inspect the door, see if I can read the yeah. riddle. As you get closer, give me investigation as you examine the door in a little bit more detail. Better investigation than a reflex save. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a 23. Okay. That's where you realize that not only is there a riddle written across the door panels, but each door panel is of two statue um, reliefs. And above <laughs> two reliefs, above each statue is the word brother on top of each statue, but written in different language. And then the riddle reads, two brothers we are, great burdens we bear. All day we are bitterly pressed. Yet this I will say, we are full all the day and empty when we go to rest. What are we? You said full during the day. Empty during rest. I put what it in the, the chat. Thank you. Oh, oh what? Are, okay, it's different. Barely pressed. And Winter with that role, both the statue reliefs in the door remind you of how cobblers are dressed. We are bitterly pressed. That's a pair of shoes. As Tyr says that, both doors open up into the next chamber. That's pretty good. Good going. Alex, I'm not on a trap or anything, right? I can keep moving? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Right? Oh, uh, Alex, why'd you lie? She was clearly standing on a pit trap. I saw where she was. She'd <laughs> say. You know, Wintrude, you know, you should, you know what? Why don't you just, here. And she, and Gelmer comes over with his little gorilla and gives the hand of the little gorilla to you. Uh, just, just stay with the little gorilla. Uh, they'll keep you safe. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> now I, uh, do I still have the ruby? I, I, in my notes, I don't have anything about giving the ruby away. So if I have the ruby... I think you still fun, have it, yeah. I, I, I'm actually going to fish it out because now I'm I'm a little bit paranoid for what Alex said. Okay. <laughs> As fair. I go along, I'm like scoping out, <laughs> looking up, down, around. There's an actual notion when you do that. When you do that and you look through the ruby... It is almost like looking into liquid, like liquid fog. It's like not revealing anything to you at all. Almost like it's being blocked. Wow, this this is protected by magic, this place, for sure. I can't see anything through the ruby. I'm guessing this place is screened against scrying. That might be what's interfering with it. 
Yeah, it'd really be a shame if it were too easy. Yes. Oh. All right. Look, and I'm holding this chimp's hand. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> press forward. Right, little gorilla. Yeah. He watches it fling some feces at the back of Gelmir's head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just means he loves me. That's fine. It's all about the love. <laughs> I'm really not into urination and excrement. This is, I don't know what's wrong with this delving farther in. You guys step through the double doors of the brothers and into a short hallway that opens up into a huge oval chamber. In the middle of the chamber, a pedestal with an orb on top of it. This orb is... Like the moment you get near the entrance to this oval chamber, the orb suddenly begins to glow, and you watch as star patterns flash up into the oval chamber. The chamber itself seems to have um, reliefs of certain celestial bodies, and these seem to be the celestial representations of what's called the nine primes, the nine different deities of existence. And here, the orb is pulsing out this starscape. Once again, no sign of exit or stairwells. The orb itself seems to be magical in nature. And as you look, it's a kaleidoscope of starscapes that are kind of pulsing within the chamber. Um, Everybody give me perception check as you begin to examine this chamber. Uh, 20, 22. Nice. Filthy 20. Filthy 20. I I rolled a big 13 because I rolled a fucking (laughs) 2. Shuggo? I rolled a 5 for 13. Okay. It's because I'm too horrified by the poop that was just flung. Between Tyr and Alexander, the two of you realize that these starscapes are celestial bodies. They're representing the the nine prime deities. But they're not quite lining up with the carved relief in the oval chamber itself. It feels like somehow you're supposed to manipulate the orb to get these stars to align, but you're not entirely sure how it's done. I, I use Mage Hand to, to see if I can rotate the orb to line up okay, the Celestial me, Body. Yeah, give me a sleight of hand as you try to do that. Ten. Ten? <laughs> the Mage Hand drifts over, and as it grabs onto the orb and begin to rotate it, you watch as it just disapparates out of existence. Just after it touches the orb. Does the orb look like it could, like, refract light at all? Ooh. Give me uh, investigation or survival. Your choice. Survival. Ooh, 12. 12? It's definitely refracting reflecting its own light that's from within the orb. But there is something strange about the light that it's reflecting outbound. And that's also because you choose not to touch the orb, but look at it 
to try to get a sense of itself. It seems to be bound to the pedestal it's on. It doesn't look like it's designed to move. This feels like there's something that's supposed to interact with the light to possibly then make it kind of coordinate with the images in the oval chamber. Uh, can, uh, can I try to move the pedestal? Uh, give me a strength check. See, like a bit, you know, uh, strength, strength check. How about that? Uh, wait, what did I just roll? I rolled a, a, a five. A five. You lean into the pedestal, trying to see if it shifts and pivots. Um, yeah, it's at that point when you do that, you feel this cold energy <clears throat> arc off the orb and slam into you. Ow. Uh, give me a con save. Ow! Con save. Oh my god, dude. A six. <laughs> You take 15 points of cold damage from the effect, and you're you're like, you, well, buy temporary hit points. I um, I would like to cast lightning lure, not to like see if I can like rotate it perfectly, but I just want to wrap it around it and see if it would move at all, if if okay. if we had enough strength to do so. What would normally be the DC save for the target that you do that to? Um, it is a strength 17. Strength 17. I will say that as you cast out the lightning lore, you feel the energy wrap around the orb. At the moment that you cast it, because of the magical light that the lightning lore gives off, you watch as that light refracts with the orb, and then it begins to kind of outline the nine representations of the different prime deities. But then the spell effect diminishes because it doesn't last very long. The light refraction kind of like dissipates and those nine outlined representations fade away and they go back to just being kind of free floating and following the incandescence of the orb. Did I notice if like, if the effect obviously the effect happened because of the light, but if like I was going to, if I did, I notice like it changed, like they almost like rotated as I'm like moving this, like based on where the light was coming from. Like if I were to position myself and, and be able to do some sort of light that it would change. I guess. Uh, Give me an insight check as you examine that. Uh, that is an eight. Eight. You get the feeling that the light collided with the light emanating from the orb, and that's what kind of caused the different nine representations to refract. Um, it feels like once you do that, there's something else that's got to be done. You mean like adding light to it or like a different source of light? Yeah. Is, that, is the thing? That's so what I was trying to figure I'm out. A, so Wintrude is on the floor... Uh, and the frost on all over her is starting to melt, but she lets out a puff of <laughs> condensation from oh the cold, and she sees the light. Okay, well, hang on. Oh, I'm a little stiff. Cool. Uh, and so I 
try to scramble up the pedestal and then touch the orb with my finger and cast light. <laughs> okay, as you do that, the light pours in and begins to refract out. To Tyr and Alexander's point, they begin to notice that as you pour the light into the orb, Tyr and Alexander, you watch as the reflections come back out, and now each of the prime nine deities um, is represented here and floating in these celestial bodies. Now you're looking at starscapes that outline the different deities, but the oval chamber has an imagery effect that seems to possibly correspond <coughs> with each of these celestial star patterns at this point. It looks like there's the trick is alignment. How to get them to align with Wintrude's light effect refracting the energy outwards. They are now outlined. We know that the um, the the orb doesn't seem to be able to be moved. So the trick is how to get the alignment to work. Did Wintrude, when you attempted to move the pedestal, did it have any give at all whatsoever? Or maybe it, that was something didn't else. feel like it. It felt like it was like built into the stone, like it wasn't designed to relief into the floor. Like it's almost as if, actually, give me a survival check, Wintrude, after encountering the pedestal, and you're what, trying to describe this. What situation. wisdom have I gained? A ten. <laughs> Um, it's almost as if this room used to be solid stone and has been carved into its shape, leaving the pedestal behind. So the idea, maybe the room moves, uh, obviously not the light or like some, there might be a mechanism that moves the room around to better. Possible. I walk over to the walls and uh, and uh, inspect the reliefs on them. Okay, give me investigation as you do that. I wanna I wanna investigate the. I would like to take a closer look at the pedal to see if there's actually mechanisms back like a lever or buttons or anything okay. instead yeah, of just brutally pushing this time. Yeah, yeah. Give me investigation as you do that. <laughs> I, I I help him with that investigation. Okay. Terry, anything you want to do while this is going on? Uh, I was just thinking, but I don't know. I'm not sure if it would work. Can I create an illusion of a mirror with, or something? Maybe an illusion to cover the orb with like slits to try and affect the way that the light is being. I I, I tell I, I give Tyr. I have like a little hand mirror that I give to Tyr. Okay. Right, well, I'll take the mirror. So while you're helping Wintrude and Shogo, you're also investigating the wall. Tyr, Alexander hands you that mirror. I'm going to stand near the near the orb and I'm going to kind of like move around it to see if like messing with you, the way that the light reflects. Yeah, give me a slight of hand check as you do that. Oh lord. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. 26. 26. Oh, Lord, would you have a plus six? <laughs> you got to roll a 20. Oh, Lord, I got to roll bad on this one. It's only a Winter, plus six. Winter, what'd you get with your investigation? 27. Okay. 
Uh, uh, I almost said Rahi. Shall go? 15. So while you're over investigating the pedestal area and Shogo, you begin to examine the the nearby wall of the oval-shaped room. All of you notice a bright light flare out all of a sudden from the orb. <laughs> and you look over to where Tyr has kind of like angled the mirror so that one of the celestial refractions hits the mirror and you're now watching as he's able to guide the first celestial body into the imagery, it flares and it lights, it kind of lights up into existence. And you look up above the orb and above the orb, there's a hanging chain that's slightly lowering and stops. And then tear begins to do that with each of the celestial bodies. All nine get lined up with their celestial representation. This chain comes all the way down and it fuses with the orb. (laughs) You watch as this cold energy wraps up the chain. The orb lifts off the pedestal and as it begins to spin faster and faster you watch as an arcane light shoots out of it, slams into the oval chamber. A five foot tall, three foot wide breach of energy. As this arconic gate appears. Oh shit. Ah. Uh, uh, wow. That's really, uh, that was beautiful. Do we go? You know, I'm usually pretty brave about these things, but we're, are we, are we going to go in there? Right. Tear, send gribbits. Uh, what? Uh, Gilmir, send gribbits. Uh, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Gilmer's <laughs> like holding I, I on to little girl's hand, hand now and, see if I can and Grimace's his wingtip like ah, what? <laughs> so I want to um, I, I want to take out Elminster's journal and I, I want to kind of search through like any get the Yankee portal stuff like okay. I'm looking Alexander what would you say? Mage hand to shove open the door uh, There's not really a door there Oh it's not it's, a door No it's just like this portal it's five oh. feet tall, three feet wide. It's got an electric kind of arcane outline around guys, it. Guys, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in and check this out. You guys wait here. I'll I'll come back and tell you if uh, if it's safe. And I well, just sprint through the door. Hey. If, it, if it's a portal, it's a portal. If not, I ran into a brick wall. <laughs> you watch as Alexander steps through, and there's like this vapor of arcane. And- and then you hear Galmir go, well, wait a minute. And then Galmir immediately goes following Alexander through the gate. Oh, okay. I just put the journal back in my pack and go, all right. <laughs> and I walk in <laughs> with the chimp on my hand. I do the same with Mika. Okay. So one by one, Terry, you're going through as well? Yeah. All of you go through. Can't, can't overthink it. We're just going in. <laughs> and as you walk through this gate, 
you're now standing in a very um, densely packed workshop. But it's in the interior of a cavern space. All around you, uh, stone tables, metal tables, uh, all the sights and sounds of like what a workshop would be made up of. Um, contraptions hanging from the ceiling, um, uh, piles of parts, crates filled, overflowing with parts. Um, you can see walls just covered in organic and inorganic material that might be used in like making or tinkering with things. You can see some projects that look finished, some that looks look unfinished. And kind of like in the center of all this, just this huge chamber, you can see this arcane looking wizard. He is hunched over a device. He's like hunched over it looks to be some kind of um, creature, humanoid creature laid out on a table, but it seems to be made out of metal, almost like an automaton style creature. The wizard seems to be very desiccated, and that's when you realize it's just bone, skin, and almost like a mummified looking wizard hovered over this automaton in like this relief of like frozen anticipation. Like it was working on this thing when it suddenly succumbed to some unknown effect. It reminds you a lot of the image that you saw on the panel that seemed to represent Winks. I would, I can make it so that we can converse with Winx, assuming this is Winx. Uh, but uh, we um, we can only ask it five questions, Max. And uh, sometimes the dead can be, for one thing, they don't need to be honest. They often are rather confused by their situation. And Sometimes they can be spiteful, so don't say anything that can be construed as a question, or they might decide to answer it just to fuck with you. <laughs> well, first off, too, is there, are there any uh, are there any points of like any other doors or ways to get in or out besides what we just came through? No. Uh, in fact, looking back where you came through, mm-hmm. that immediately closes behind you. Okay. As it dissipates. <laughs> I really hope there's food down here. All right. I've got some questions. Uh, so let's go up. ahead and take our five-minute break as <laughs> Shogo is beginning to cast the spell. And then when we come back, we'll see what Winx has to say. <laughs> this is going to be great. I love this spell. <laughs> Let's okay. First off, though, just a rule: uh, Gilmir can't ask a question. It's all going to be about gems. I don't that's want any fair. questions about that's gems. Fair. All right, I'll be back. Plan the questions. 
Come back with some questions. Just a question before everyone gets back. What up? Uh, if I use turn undead, can Mika not be destroyed by that? <laughs> I mean, I, think, I guess it depends on how you... <clears throat> the, the way that I flavor it, uh, that I have in mind to flavor it, it wouldn't affect Mika. Um... Basically, uh, the flavor I have in mind for my version of Turn Undead would be basically a flood of uh, of uh, Kaya Swarm pheromones, which the uh, undead instinctively know what that is and want to basically get as far away from being infested as possible. Interesting. I like that. Uh, for the ones that, uh, for the ones that are immediately destroyed by the effects, uh, the flavor I had in mind is they just start ripping themselves apart to escape not being uh, taken over. Write that up for me when you get a chance. Send it to me in a PM. Let me think about that. I like that. That's kind of cool. Sure, I'll do that now while we're waiting. So, you seem to have discovered Winxie's or Winx's laboratory. While the entire place is filled with signs of a master tinkerer or even potentially a master artificer of sorts. In the very center of the chamber, the desiccated remains mid-ceremony of Winks himself attempting to do some kind of spell or activity on this very large autonomous figure lying on a steel table. Before we do anything, I have an idea, or not. I I have a thought about what this guy was trying to do based off of our previous exploits. I think maybe he may have been trying to transfer himself into the automaton. Oh, well, let me take a look at the automaton. Like, what does it look like? Because I know these things because I'm a famed Gundam pilot. Well, yeah, there was that interaction you guys did when you retrieved, um, uh, the, you retrieved the documents to help the Moon Clan uh, deal 
with their yeah. Situation. Um, uh, give me investigation as you begin to examine a little bit more detail. This autonomous creature lying on the ground. Eighteen. Eighteen. Also, I think maybe we should ask what he was doing, uh, you know, to confirm our thoughts, and then if there's any way we can help him. And, well, I mean, if he's even on, I don't know. I can wake him up, but I think our first priority should be to uh, ask him how we can progress, but if I would certainly be willing to ask what he was doing and how we can complete his work. What'd you get for investigation, Wintrude? I uh, was it 18, I think. No, what, what was it? Sorry, what was the... Let me go back to the log. Yeah, it was 18. 18. As you could kind of hear everyone talking about some of the, like, to Tears Point, running into the kind of unusual figure that helped the one particular clan of Drow out, it seems to be a viable possibility. But as you begin to examine this autonomous structure, this creature laying on the table, it seems very different in both make and purpose when you begin to examine it. The one that you dealt with before seemed almost like a kind of like 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 an experiment, like somebody was trying to learn how to do this. Looking at the quality and nature of this autonomous this autonomous creature on the table it's about seven feet tall and the intricate designs and the kind of like arcane Cyrillic writing within the design and these little points they remind you of the power stones that the other one used but these power stones are active they're embedded into many different points of the autonomous structure this feels like advanced work like very advanced work and um, on the chest is like a celestial uh, pattern that is translated into guardian keeper so this thing has already been named this thing feels like it's being brought into existence for a very specific purpose because of the advanced design of it. Whether it's intended to, to your point, to absorb this particular caster's sentient nature into it, hard to tell. For the most part, you get the feeling that it was trying to do something to come into existence but you're not entirely sure. But the, con- the the construct itself is very advanced and very intricately designed. Well, it says it's a guardian keeper right here. And then we saw the panel with like a sort of starburst celestial thing sealing up the doors. Or we don't want to turn this on, right? Because... We, I, we already saw images of it sealing doors. This sort of celestial sort of image here 
guardian keeper. Like if we turn it on, it's a guardian and we're intruders. Right? Yeah, right. sees where I'm going with this. Correct? You hear Galmer? Yeah, turn it on. Yeah, we definitely need to turn it on. <laughs> I don't understand why we're wasting time. Don't you want to like learn about the unknown and this this you don't know? I I like to learn about the unknown, but also come to conclusions that keep us safe based on what I learn. And anything named the Guardian Keeper, seven feet tall, like this, and it's far better designed than the other automaton we crossed. Do we I do I careful. do I know how to turn it on? Like, is it obvious? I mean, give me investigation or insight to see if you can figure out if there's like a maybe a biomechanical or some kind of magical way potentially to turn it on. Okay. I agree that learning about the unknown is definitely a good thing, but it's better when said unknown variable is not trying to reduce you into meat paste. So I would prefer we leave it off until we can talk to Winks. Well, let me hang on a second. Let me take a look. Um, do, I, do I see any, like, sort of desk or bookshelves or something where, like, there might be tons of them? Journal? I mean, this, this is a working... Oh, <laughs> I mean, there's desks, tables, stacks of supplies, uh, bookshelves filled with inorganic, organic componentry. There is just a ton of stuff. So I'm kind of on top of you know, I, I guess I had to clamber up. I'm not sure, like, how else I could see what's going on with this guardian. But then I, I'm looking around, taking all this in, and then I turn back to Gelmir and Alex, especially. Could you give me some time to go through the journals and other writings here to see what I can find out? And could you promise not to touch this thing? Could you promise not to try to turn it on? So what is my what did my eighteen give me? <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's Richards in your ear. Gelmer just wants to flip the switch. You like looking at it, there's no it's like it's it's incredibly well built. Unlike the one that you guys ran into before, there's no there's no <laughs> place to put anything in. Like there's no yeah. obvious entrance point into this one. It's got a lot more of the power stones embedded to it, its entire body but it's so intricately made and the one thing you do alex because it's it's always fascinating to you you just take your hand and wrap the metal like just just knock into the metal and as you kind of gently try to figure out what kind of metal this is your hand kind of doesn't even like make a resonant sound like you know it's fabricated from something, but when you tap on it, it doesn't make a noise. And it feels like a metal surface, but it doesn't respond like any metal before that you've ever been familiar with. And there's no on switch. There's no obvious way to turn it on. But there's no sense that there's any way to get inside of it or to be able to pull it open. This feels like it got almost like built into this condition without any need of assembly. It's very strange. And then, Yeah, okay. And if, if I look around the area too, does it look like anything's like connected to this? So what, so what is it? It's like, is it laying on its back? It's just laying on its back on a, on a, a metal table 
with no obvious kind of conduit or any kind of chain or copper um, uh, connectors. It's just do, do I feel any magic coming from the table itself? Uh, do you have detect magic? Do I have? <laughs> I mean, the whole thing's magical in, in the in the auditory and visual experience. If you want to go with it's, that, it takes moment to regret spell. If, if I, 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 I I like push at it and see if it's like pushable, like the table, if it can be. No, no, the actual. Um... Uh, give me a uh, strength check as you do that. Sixteen. Sixteen. As you begin to try to shift the autonomous creature, while the legs shift a little bit and the arms shift a little bit, the center of its form, like its torso, doesn't shift at all, almost like it's being held in place. So, Winchard, it's it's being held in place. It 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 seems like by the by the torso. Um and I don't see it being connected to anything. And uh, I don't see a way to turn it on, so uh, be my guest. So you're giving right. me permission because you can't do the dangerous thing I asked you. <laughs> no, no, I, I was like, no, that's not, no, no. Like, yeah, all right, thanks. Let me, let me go look. I was just trying to help you. I'm just you asking know. for some patience because there's a lot in here. I don't know how long this could take. I was just trying to speed up that patience, you know? There's nothing wrong. Okay. Well, all right, give me, yeah, give me a little speed. Time. <laughs> I can productively help pass the time. I start taking out my kit, basically a, uh, a sort of glass cauldron-like container. Okay. And uh, I dump a packet of basically nutrient slurry and what and mix it up i position winx's head so that it's uh lying back submerged in the slurry and as this is happening uh for a brief second something kind of turquoise green uh slithers out from underneath my bandages and up winx's nose um, there's a slight Ew. pause, and uh, <laughs> Winks begins to twitch, and I lift his head out of the goo. Um, so take you. Are you casting Speak with Dead as a ceremony? Then I don't think it can be done as a ceremony, but right. that's just the way that I'm flavoring it. Gotcha. Uh, so I'll mark that spell off. But so uh, with that, Shogu has concluded casting the effect of Speak With Dead. As Wintrude, you drift off to start looking through the available piles of miscellaneous kind of like notes and journals and schematics and spare parts. Um, give me investigation for that, Wintrude. Um. Do you hear anything you want to be doing with your time? I'm just going to be overseeing the uh, interrogation of the corpse. Okay. That's a 31. 31. Well, Alexander was trying to find a way to just power this thing on and figure out how it functions. 
See if there's any connection with the table. Tyr and Shogu and Gelmir will say is off to the side, just kind of randomly picking through the different piles and parts. He's a bit of a klepto, so he's kind of in the area looking as well. And Shogo and and Tyr seem to be interacting with bringing the wizard into a condition that will allow them to ask questions. <laughs> the, there's a couple tables that make up a significant amount of detail for you, Wintrude. And you realize that you've discovered the trove of detail the way the creature was assembled. And here you find a schematic of the physical remains of a body that something was built around. As opposed to the other one where something was inserted into it after construction, this feels like something that was once living or humanoid in representation of these drawings. The device was built around it. Hmm. the notes and kind of like drawings and designs are are written out in such a way as to it's almost like they're talking in the third person Uh, we did by assembling the celestial seams with the founding of the power stones within the engravings we find that this binding point to be more successful i think master will definitely appreciate this new form and kind of the notes talk about someone being referred to as the master accepting this new form coming into existence but all the documents are signed you know with the moniker of a Winks Hallister. This all seems to be the personal writings and kind of assembly instructions for what feels, well, it doesn't feel like it because you find some journalistic notes. It seems that Winks was working on creating an animated death knight. Oh God. <laughs> okay, now turn it on! <laughs> <laughs> I look up, like, just, you know, all of a sudden, it's like that those Steven Spielberg moment, you know, where somebody sees something that looks up. <laughs> Don't do anything! He, it's, it's, it's a possible uh, automated, like, death knight beyond the grave, sort of. We, we don't want to turn it on. You watch as Winx's head begins to turn their eyes kind of sodden with the strange mixture that Shogo used to bring it into existence. Its mouth falls open. The skull starts looking around. Its eyes, milky, desiccated, kind of like just white, pure oculars that are dry. Every time it moves, bits of dust kind of crease off of its skull. I apologize for bringing you back in such a condition, but I have some questions I need answered. Uh, We are looking for Black Cloak's tomb. How can we reach there from this location? 
Master's tomb. It sits deep in the Undermountain. To reach it, you must pass through many trials. I am neither here nor there. <laughs> How can we escape this room when necessary? Uh, that sounds like two questions. <laughs> Which one would you like me to answer? <laughs> You are obligated to answer five. <sighs> to escape this room presumes you are trapped. <laughs> Leaving this room is always necessary. <laughs> Two more questions is all you get. <laughs> what were you trying to do here? Uh, the perfect protector. The perfect creature designed to lead one from walking astray. Here, in between the places of existence, <laughs> I have created the perfect guardian, the perfect sentinel. <laughs> this well, is actually great. better than most of the results I've gotten. <laughs> Yes, I agree. <laughs> that wasn't a question. <sighs> Is he inanimate now? No, you got one more question left. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was more, mostly sarcasm from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I have, have you having only asked three questions and gotten three answers? Because you asked, how do we... Uh, no, one of the questions room, was right? actually two questions. Oh. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. We got one left. <clears throat> Go ahead. Ask. <laughs> I would be willing to assist in your final task if it was beneficial to us. How can we bring your guardian online under our, our control? That's online or control. That's two questions. 
online under my control. That it that is a uh, that is a specific condition of what I am trying. <laughs> and like to. the creature just the, the dead desiccated form just goes. <laughs> you already have, and you watch as the desiccated mummified form just turns to dust. <laughs> but instead oh, of collapsing to the ground. The dust begins to swirl as there is pulsing light emanating from the sentinel automaton on the table. You watch as the dust settles across it, and you watch as fingers begin to twitch. (laughs) Arms begin to kind of twitch. You watch as the glowing power stones kind of leap into arcane light. The engravings that make up the outline of the figure begin to brighten with the reaction of the desiccated dust of the remains of the creature kind of like absorbing into the sentinel as the thing is beginning to whir and show signs of becoming animated. Does this thing have organic components that I can see? Uh, Give me a medicine check as you begin to examine that. Wintrude... Tyr, Shogu, and Alex, and to a certain degree, Gelmir are all surrounding this thing as it seems to be powering up at a very slow pace. Not 24, 32. There are zero organic elements that you can make out. None whatsoever. I'm going to cast from that. Go ahead, Tyr. I want to cast Dispel Magic on the Automaton. At what level? Uh, I'll cast it at the fourth level. Uh, give me a d20. All right. I guess it. Which spell? I guess wait. Does it, what does change, what does casting at a different level do? Uh, it helps your, your attempt to dispel it. So, I believe it's a DC 10 <clears throat> plus the level you cast at plus your roll or gotcha. plus the level this spell was cast at. So I believe oh, yeah, yeah. So it's just a, the DC equals 10 plus spells level. Correct. Of what so you're like, trying to dispel. Yeah. So I don't think I have to roll, right? Well, you have to roll because you're trying to dispel the effect. Okay. And the, the effect that you're attempting to dispel is cast at a very high level. Um, do I get to use, what is that? Um, I thought there was a bard thing. I mean, is it just, uh, is it just jack of all trades? You can add a half your proficiency, proficiency bonus or no to any ability check. No, that's not it. Maybe not. Never mind. <laughs> I thought there was something that made it. Would help that, but all right. So I'll roll this. Sixteen. Sixteen. You attempt to dispel the effect that you see kind of unfolding around you. You watch as your spell energy is immediately absorbed into the creature construct, and you watch as more of it is now becoming more animated after you do that. From my medicine check, can I determine whether or not it can be poisoned and how effective necrotic damage will be against it? 
With that medicine check, you get the feeling that it is immune to all those effects. Gotcha. Let's see. So, Intrude, as you're pouring over these schematics and details, basically the remains of the armor and exterior of a death knight was being tinkered with. You get the feeling from your written material that you found that Winks was attempting to create an animated host um, a set of armor to be infused into a test subject. The test subject's remains were used to be absorbed into the Death Knight's armor because it's just without a lingering lost soul of a particular nefarious nature, <laughs> he found or discovered that it was very difficult to create the animated or the animus way of bringing the armor into existence. He was toying with some pretty dark stuff here. So, so, uh, so, 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 so folks, he, that, that, that's a, that's a, it, it's like a death knight in, in the core of it with a, with an armor shell around it. I, I, what happens when it wakes up? Oh, wait. I the table suddenly right. pivots. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're watching as it is gradually becoming more animated at this point. Arms and legs beginning to twitch and move. The celestial kind of brightness of the engravings getting brighter. The power stones getting brighter as well. Um, one sec. So I did look at the – I reread the stuff. So I do get to add the half proficiency. So it would have been 18. I don't know if that changes anything. Close, but not quite. Oh, <laughs> it is a high-level oh. spell that he used for this. Actually, pretty darn close. Dang. So, well, it's more interesting this way, anyway. <laughs> so, so do Watch, the notes- as it stumbles slightly forward, <laughs> its visor now beaming this like optics red out of the armor itself. You watch as the creature is now standing. It's huge seven-foot form, kind of... It's glacial plate armor looking around. This disembodied voice coming booming deep out of the armor. I see and understand. You watch as it steps forward. It presses its armored hand on its chest. This kind of like illuminate orb bursts out in front of it. It steps in, closes behind it. It's just a smell of ozone and the creature is gone. Uh, That could have gone worse. Well, nobody got their head punched in like a... Hey, that one one ran off kind of like the other five that we... Uh, um, the other four that we interact, uh, <laughs> Gilmer's like, yeah, yeah. I think that was. I think we scared it off, and it ran away. I think that was <laughs> perfect. Mission successful. It was afraid of Alexander and his immortality. You know how this goes. What? What? What if, what if it's out there sealing doors, like in the 
panel and, and some of the other information. We oh, all right, we gotta we gotta look for a door or something, some way out of this place. You're but instead, like we are presuming we're trapped. Are we trapped? <laughs> Gilbert's like, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I don't <sighs> see any doors or windows. Uh, I mean, unless we, I, I, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen any. I haven't really searched for any though either. I've, did you know this guy's got a ton of stuff? I, I, I'm finding a lot of cool things. <laughs> Anything that opens the door? Uh... No, like like a physical door or yeah. But you know, he described this place as being in between places. Maybe there's a magical way out of here. In between places, magical way out. Technically, I know how to. Uh, worst case scenario, I know with the spell banishment, so I can technically return you home. I'm not sure if you can cast that on yourself, but I hope that it won't come to that. Right, now, well, banishment. But that, that's, that's like a different plane of existence. I assume we are in a different plane of existence. Oh, I see. <laughs> Boy, that's not comforting. <clears throat> actually, I think about it. Uh, okay. I'm just going to see if I can try to find, and Gelmer just starts wandering off into the crowded refuse of the laboratory. Uh, as I said, last ditch. Okay. We start banishing people. Um, you will return to the material plane. Probably. I don't even know how to begin looking for like a magical door or like opening an arcane portal. I mean, that's, I haven't been very magical for very long. I'm going to let you know. We've only been doing this thing for two weeks. Let's hold off on the banishing. Yeah, well, agreed, yeah, agreed, agreed. Ah, Lee, is there, is there like a, a panel, a thing, uh, an orb, a, a wand? Um, I'm just going to start searching, uh, kind of join Galmir and searching around uh, just the various uh, piles of, uh, well, not piles, <coughs> just looking around the workshop for things of interest. So throughout the workshop, is everything just strewn about or is there some semblance of organized? It's, it's organized chaos. It's like, <laughs> like tables are covered in neatly stacked like books. Some tables have crates of like componentry. Um, it feels like you're in a hoarder house okay. with organizational skills, but not necessarily an order that makes sense. It's just, it's a junkyard that is just completely kind of of somebody that spent a lifetime trying to build something. And the leftovers of that effort are neatly stacked and organized all around you. I'd like to go to a random stack of books and see, like, read the title, see if I can make out any, like, you know, grouping. Okay. Um, Shogo, go ahead and give me investigation. Tyr, give me perception. 
Gwentrude, anything you want to do at this point? Um, I want to look at the schematics and see how that thing teleported out of here. <laughs> okay. Uh, give me an Arcana check as you do that. Because I'm quite Alexander, confused. anything you want to do? Um, I was thinking of... <clears throat> um, yeah, this is a long shot, but uh, grabbing my necklace with uh, the soul fragment of Zeno that that I got from the other thing and just kind of like holding it up and, and trying to talk to it, saying... Um, do you have any information that could help me here? You know, if so, now's the time to talk. <laughs> you know, like uh, real... <laughs> give me charisma. Uh, give me a charisma save as you do that. So I rolled an initial 13. 17. The... Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, 17. Okay. Winter. Uh, 13. Um, if it fails, I can add a D4 to the roll with Pack of the Talesman. I'm wondering if I need to use Pack yep. of the Talesman. Add D4. <laughs> Shit. Son of a biscuit. Sixteen. <laughs> uh, Shogu, what'd you get for your investigation? Four. Okay. <laughs> and tier for perception. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Nice work, tier. <laughs> so, Shogo, for you, it's confounding and confusing. It's. <clears throat> spare parts, junk, incomplete projects, the remains of activities that seem to be either pulling things apart and extracting very specific things used. And these I, physical remains are everywhere. I have almost no knowledge whatsoever of mechanical constructs, yeah. so I'm completely out of my element here. I would say the lack of organic references kind of makes you feel a little kind of creeped out. This is, you're used to there always being kind of like an organic element into your understanding of the nature of your magic. And that, because that's missing here, you begin to realize this workshop has no signs of organic kind of um, componentry remains or anything. This is pure Mechanicus, the idea of taking physical things and turning them into useful things. For you, Tyr, the very first stack of books you begin to kind of look over, they range in years of, of about a 500-year time span. It kind of plugs in neatly to the period of Black, um, of Black Cloak's absence and the kind of control of the apprentices over the Undermountain until even they eventually kind of disappeared. And these books like read like a who's who of either artificer magic, infusion magic, um, uh, animated magics, everything you would need to learn to become a master artificer is is in this stack of these 12 books and they look very well used like they were used heavily over a great deal of time one particular book strikes the fancy um, give me a history check as you read the spine <laughs> 14 14 there's one book that's titled on the spine of the book Qualish's Musings. Now, 
that's interesting because qualish is an unknown is an unknown understanding of time. He was a famous gnome artificer kind of wizard like individual that had become renowned for their successes in creating machines and devices. Um, but it's kind of out of place from a standpoint of the time span, which tells you one very simple fact. This particular student may have figured out a way to time travel. I'm going to open a book, look for any like notes, bookmarks, annotations. You open it up. It is... It is, it is the writings of someone who was going quite mad. The notes and scribbles are of frustrations, confusion, no breakthroughs, as the personal writings of all these notes that are annotated in the margins by Winks. It's it, it it it's a diatribe of frustration. I can't figure out how this works. Can't figure out how to make this work. It's like I'm missing something. I'm missing some final step to create this sentinel to aid Master's return from where he has gone. Glad we could be of assistance, then. Yeah, as he just teleported out of the room. <laughs> I should have used a fucking bardic inspiration before we did this stuff. <laughs> For you, Alexander and Wintrude. <laughs> what, Alex, what? Were, oh, that's right. You were invoking the. Yeah, I mean, oh, this the last thing I Well, I'm looking at something I wrote for that, and I, I cringe at the idea of reading it, but. <laughs> so two things kind of strangely happen at this point as you infer the iconic like the iconic detail of the sketchings and the writings and uh the the kind of drawings that you see Wintrude, something catches your eye like the way the notes and the schematics are to acquire such a unique thing as an intact suit of Death Knight um, uh, Remnant. I mean, that requires a lot of ability and power. No matter how powerful you think you are as an arcane wizard at any given point, this is something that feels beyond. And you look around and sitting over on a table is a card-sized box. Card size or card size? Like card. C A R D. Card size box. Yeah. On top of the box, it is like the relief of a uh, of like a mage's inverted hand, and written in arconic spell writing within the inversion of the hand. Four words. Deck. Of many things. You get the feeling that this wizard pulled a card and somehow got this Death Knight Remnant. 
and then was able to at least in principle and in practice assemble the sentinel like he pulled a card with a death knight and no like he pulled a card that aided him in getting one. oh what let me get that card it's okay, so a hang on wings for you alexander wherever you are right now you could feel this connection with the idea of who the original owner of this amulet was. And that's when you begin to realize as you try to focus on the entity, the magic of this place begins to kind of coalesce around your mind. And that's when you realize you and your friends are inside of a creation of sorts. And you're in the ethereal plane of existence. You are in between places. You are neither on the material plane or on a other plane of existence. You're in that thin veil of reality that shifts in between different places of existence. Whatever Wintz did, he managed to create this laboratory, this, this vast laboratory of existence. And he created it in such a way to be safe from prying eyes, physical people getting here. However, the breadcrumb of the different chambers that eventually led you here, and you could hear Zio's kind of breathless voice. Where there's a will to get in. As a will to get out. It just kind of echoes in your mind. Guys, um, I don't know how to say this, but I strongly believe that we're not on, we're like in the in-between land, like a place that exists but doesn't exist. And um, I had a voice kind of contact me that uh, basically said, if there's a will, there's a way. And uh, doesn't really help us much. <laughs> but, uh, Winshard, maybe you can uh, decipher something from that. <laughs> I feel like just accepting that now. I want to... Uh, I, I, I turn around and try to give like a deep nod of understanding to Alex, but then I want to like kind of huddle over this deck of many things and I want to just creak open the top like of the box and see what's in it. I'm scared to open boxes around Alex and, and Gelmir basically. <laughs> like, everything to those two I, is like a gem. So it's like... I can't imagine why you would be. I mean, <laughs> everything's going fine. <laughs> but yeah, I want to... I want to creak open that box and see if there's like a deck of cards or something inside. Like what actually is in this deck of many things. You kind of peek into the open box after hearing Alexander's concern about where you guys might be. Um, it, you could see inside there a small leather bag 
with once again stitched on the outside of the leather bag, um, you know, the same emblem you saw on the box, and then the same kind of ratty, you know, the same words on the bag. And as you look at the bag, it's got the outline of like cards, you know, and it feels like the cards might be inside the leather bag that you're staring at. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I reach in and pull out a card <laughs> just to see you. I just breathe. I take a breath. And... Um, uh, <laughs> roll, roll me a D20, please. Good old fashioned D20. It's a 10. 10? Gonna take it down the middle. As you pull out the card, there's an image of an old man living in a cave. There's a flare of energy across the face of the card before it disintegrates in your hand, and the word hermit kind of like pulses. Anything that you have of possession that is non magical is now gone. Oh, so all my non-magical stuff is gone. Gone. <laughs> oh, crap! What? what? I just lost the latest volume of my romance saga. My notes. My. <laughs> and I, I, I. <laughs> I collapse on the ground like sitting cross-legged and I start to hyperventilate. <laughs> <Just, gasps> I rush over taking out my bedroll and drape it over her. <laughs> Both to comfort her and to cover her up because most of her clothing was also non-magical. <laughs> staring at the at the deck at the box. Yeah, like you you, you see uh, Wintrude is holding a small leather bag that she just pulled a card out of. And then the card blazed with the word hermit in arcane writing. The card vanished. And as soon as the card vanished, everything she was in physical possession of that was not magical is now gone. I mean, I was ex- I'm kind of glad Gelmer's not here today. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> Why well, I'm, I'm just hyperventilating for a second. I'm just trying to like kind of hug her, I guess, like try and calm her down uh, best I can. But I'm I'm concerned. I have no idea what magic is afoot here, so I'm concerned it's going to happen to me as well. <laughs> hey, uh, so- uh, what's wrong with Wintrude? Is she sleepy? What? Why she's why she under a blanket? Oh my! 
Always. So, so the thing is, like, uh, everything falls around her. That is like her crossbow, which is magical. Her daggers, mad. All her weapons, practically. Uh, the arrows would be gone too, though, right? She, yep, they would. There's be, no arrows. I don't think they were magical. Anything. Yeah, yeah, they were not magical arrows. Um, yeah, all her writing materials, uh, the journal's gone. Yep. So I, 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 uh, leave all my, well, my items are in a circle around me, I guess. I get up and I kind of stumble a few feet and I pull out another card just to see what, I'm in such shock that I'm like, maybe there's a card that gets <laughs> in my like stuff back. pull out another card. Gambling addict. <laughs> Give me another D20. Hang on. You guys get booted from the mortal realm. <laughs> Eleven. Eleven. Okay, roll a d4, please. What the Ooh, hell? Hot, hot diggity dog. A d4. Yep. This is to decide how many heads she'll have. One. One. That's actually pretty good. You suddenly, you watch as the card appears in front of you, and it's a image of a wheel spinning. Okay. And emblazing an arconic light on the card it says wheel of fortune it stops spinning the card disintegrates in your hand and in your hand in its replacement is a scroll Ooh. I'm going to try and gently confiscate the deck <laughs> <laughs> just I leave that up to Wintrude. Uh, Shogo's like gingerly reaching. Wait, we're trying. No, just give me a second. So what happens? You watch as she kind of opens up the scroll. (laughs) Uh, Give me an arcana check as you read the scroll, (laughs) Wintrude. Oh my God, Swamp Thing's like, keep pulling cards. Keep pulling cards. (laughs) 22. 22. Um, It is a scroll of planar shift. Ooh. Ooh. That would help. <laughs> hang on. I forget how many people you can use on that. Like, usually, like, you have to, it's like the spell level, right? That determines the number of people you. I can't remember how that works. Uh, I mean, reading the, the. You get the feeling that the scroll is incredibly powerful. So, okay. Uh, I am naked. Uh, I gotta, how do I... And I, I, I kind of make a toga for myself out of yeah, like, the sleeping bag. <laughs> and I kind of search for some rope and some stuff to stuff my dagger in and my worthless crossbow now. And... and uh, oh. I'll give you 19 crossbow bolts. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, so, so, fellas, this this is a scroll of planar shift. We can get back to the material plane. Question is, where are we going? Like, well, I'd, I'd assume I could just go... Well, we, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Right. Um, Our... 
exploration brought us to that last uh, room with the pedestals and that teleported us here. Where do we go from there? Well, let, let me think about it for a sec. And, and as I'm saying, I'm thinking about it. What I'm doing is I'm kind of turning my head around too to see if there's any clothes or just anything where I might. I would say for the previous investigation roles, um, <laughs> there's quite a few. Like oh, you know what? Your size, but there are like backpacks lying around. There's like you know spare trousers, spare tunics, just kind of you know neatly piled up in different places, like. Maybe they belong to clothes to people that were brought here in the past. I mean, this, trust me when I say this is a place just filled with a lot of stuff. Well, I would have, I would have jumped the gun. I think we, I kind of jumped the gun uh, after what Shogo said. I, uh, my armor is magical though, so I'm not naked. I, okay. I have this, I have the studded leather still. <laughs> okay, you just don't have any boots on or socks I, or yeah, like that thing. Yeah, but I still have is gone. Yeah, like I still. <laughs> yeah, so like I. Your backpack wasn't magical, was it? No. And what was that's in your what bag? I was, Well, that's what I was saying. Is uh, that would know, have had all your journals and everything? All my well? journals and notes yeah. and my. Where was all your belief. Where was all your personal wealth? Uh, I was probably in the backpack. Too. Yeah, that's gone as well. Been. I mean, where else would I have carried that stuff? I know, right? exactly. Like, I don't know if like, I would have carried them <laughs> a shoe. Next time you draw a car, just take, get, put everything else in someone's possession. <laughs> yeah, I got to get rid of all my money, too. Damn. Broke as a joke. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Actually, <laughs> it's a good twist. Oh, uh, so, yeah, um, I, I, I look around for some boots. Yeah, any any yeah. serviceable gloves or something. Okay. If it's not part of my armor, I don't know if like. You know, what are you doing with the remaining deck? Are you keeping it on your possession or? Yeah, I put it into like a pocket or something in okay. the leather. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! And I I try to <laughs> as best I can. I try to strap like my dagger, uh, get my crossbow. Um, I still have. Um, the amulet talesman and then the uh, the talesman from Timor, like the packed yep. item. Um, okay. So I have like weapons <laughs> and I take a few, I try to quiver them as best I can or like whatever. For the- I mean, I'll say that you find another backpack that you kind of are able to jam the crossbow kind of dust into. Off it. Just, yeah, just, and you know, it's a ruddy old leather backpack. It's, you know, once again, it looks like there've been numerous people brought here. <clears throat> stripped of their possessions and their possessions just kind of left in neat mm. little piles. Um, Maybe some serviceable boots or something just for my... Sure, yeah. There's plenty of that lying around. Yeah, Because again, as we said, as I've said in previous sessions, Winter does not like her hairy feet, so she's like very desperate for boots. And... Well, uh, well, we, we we can either search for a magical way out other than this scroll... Or we use the scroll. But I don't... I mean, Tyr, you bring up an excellent point. I don't know where we go. Uh, so maybe we look around a little bit more to figure out... Uh, so maybe there's, there's a layout of the dungeon that we can find, like a map, or maybe even like a diary of where this person traveled to and from. 
the uh, wicks. Wicks? Winks. Winks. There's certainly plenty to do here, uh, here. So I'm in no hurry to leave. I'm just glad that we can. So for those that want to continue investigating this workshop, uh, give me fresh investigation checks. I will do that. Okay. I'm going to use guidance on someone. Uh, Alexander, extra D4. I got 22. Extra D4. Nice. 22 for Tyr. I'll get a 4. 17. 17 for Alexander. Wintrude, any additional investigating you want to do? Um, I, I'll take a, a cursory look at like sort of the f- floors and walls if there's some way to... Okay, go for it. Uh, investigation or... Okay. Uh, 26. 26, nice. So, Tyr... I'm, I'm also come- deleting all my items, right? Tyr, <laughs> <laughs> you come across something very interesting. You come across notes and reference to something called the Maze of Madness. And it's this very intricately designed map with lots of landmarks, um, lots of notations about traps, potential pitfalls... Creatures that wander through the maze. And it seems to have been written out by Granji. You kind of infer that this might be the level of the Undermart Mountain designed to protect the access to the lowest levels of the tombs and the lowest levels of the Undermountain. And it seems to be authored and created by the one of the uh, wizard students, one of the um, one of the acolytes. For you, Alexander, you come across a book of spells. Not quite spells that you're overly familiar with. They are spells that seem to deal heavily in something called. Chrono magic. Okay. And, and do I know chrono means time? It might. Reading some okay. of the spell descriptions, they yeah. either they either talk about spells that allow time to shift in 10, 20 second second bursts, um, allow you to augment the reality of a single person. Uh, the ability to duplicate objects, um, the ability to... The, it's like as you thumb through this spell book, it's a gradual, you know, kind of like increase of references of spells that are related to time-like inferences until you get to the last section of the spell book um, and you realize there's a name written in the back of the book cover uh, that says Hellastar Blackcoat. On it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I try to. I, I try to pocket these books. It's only one spell book that you can see. Okay. Yeah. You grab it off the shelf. 
for you, Wink, or for you, for you, uh, Wintrude. Um, no real luck finding anything in particular. It just feels like you guys are in this overflowing. It's like the uh, the room of many things, of many mm-hmm. requirements for Harry Potter. Just not nearly as grandiose, but the way it's designed to contain all these oddities. Tyr has found a map that describes the Maze of Madness. Alexander came across an interesting book. You've got the... By luck, by the way, that was incredibly lucky that you rolled an 11 to get that power card, uh, the Wheel of Fortune card. That could have gone completely different. Um, as you've retrieved a scroll of planar shift. <clears throat> what are you guys doing? I rolled a 16 for my investigation. Okay. For you, Shogo, it's once again, it's a little disturbing the lack of organic matter here. It's just all this mechanic stuff, parts and pieces everywhere. But you do find a handful of stone-like fragmented tablets. And they seem to be religious tablets dedicated to the god Bane. God of murder and death. Alright, we'll pocket those. Okay. I needed to ask a question about inventory for a moment. Um, So my other possessions uh I, I would still have Zeno's staff, I'm assuming. Yep. Um, healing potions. Yep, they're magic. Um, El- Elminster's journal, was that magic? Um, it would be magical sense. as well. Okay, I just want to know which... Uh, yep. the, um, the book, Under Dark Floor and Fauna. Nope, that's not magical, gone. so that's gone. Um, Annabelle's book of necromancy. Uh, that'd be gone as well. Okay, so get rid of that. Okay. Uh, the Silver Tome, instructions on how to embalm a humanoid <laughs> for a ceremony. That's gone as well. Okay. And then finally would be the, uh, I gave the journal about the Seven Disciples back to... Um, the Lord Keeper? The, the Scholar. At, yep. Okay, okay. So I just, okay. And then the, I did have a statue of, a, of Annabelle, or to Annabelle, a true disciple of him. Black book. Like I had a statue. Probably I don't know if that's magical or not. No, that'd be gone as well. Okay, so wait, no, um, the statue would still be there. Sorry, that's okay. still with you. Oh, uh, st- uh, statue from Black Cloak. Dang, I just erased it. I don't know what the hell that was again. Okay, anyway, um, and then I would. Uh, I have a. I still have a jar of restoration. Can bring someone back to exist into existence. Yep, you still have that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think I. Uh, I think everything else has been. Um, I have my studded leather plus one. Yeah. No. Okay. Got it. Thanks. Sorry. Sorry about that, guys. I just. No, was like, I, was no, like, I think you're the one who loses out most in this. Uh, <laughs> in this scenario. <laughs> I. I. Uh, 
Well, anyways, I I I like the turn of it. I like the the fun of losing my stuff. Um, but also, uh, at least it wasn't like Gelmir or somebody else who has like you know. I don't count on gold and money and stuff really. So <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, I lost some stuff, but I don't know. Anyways. So our so do we try this scroll? I think we do. Uh, I mean, I. As I said, there's still much to be found here. Uh, so. Okay. Well, I mean, if you want to take a second, I'll, I'll look around at some book. I, I I lost everything. So <laughs> I say I lost everything. And, she, and again, she looks at because she keeps thinking of like her latest saga. Like she she starts muttering some names of like her characters. Like, hey, how do I get back what happened to? Well, if we're going to continue investigating, I'm just going to look to see if there's any, like, items of use. Like, Okay, like, specific items that might be, like, something you could actually use as opposed to just, like, just signs of just pieces of junk and spare parts and, like, leftover There's some magical items or anything that could have been left behind. So at this point, you guys have spent a lot of time searching this chamber. So everyone give me one final investigation with a little bit okay. more kind of specific twist to it. So you're looking for very specific items, Tyr. So yep. go for it. 24. Nice. Uh, 17. 17. You and them 17s today, Alex. Yeah. Anybody else? I did a, a, a filthy 20 looking for um, specific information um, like that written by Winks. Okay. Or anything concerning disciples in black cloak. Okay. Not so not that, anything else about the the artificer information or anything. We're not focused on right. That gotcha. Okay. And then um, I'm gonna pocket the Qualish's musings book and I'll pull that I'll hold it until she gets a bag. Hold okay. it for her. Unless, well, I mean, Jason was saying like back. Yeah, she eventually finds a backpack. A serviceable pack. Take this, then I'll toss her a book. Here you are. Oh, well, I really appreciate it. I. Oh. What, what's the book? So what? You, uh, Qualish's time, musings. Time travel. Qualish's musings on time Correct. travel. Okay, thanks. Let me make a note. I think I'm going to try and uh, search the bags because I have no interest in the mechanical parts. Okay, um, go for it. I rolled a nine. Right. Alex, anything in particular you think you'd be looking for? Um, if there is no, like, potions <sighs> and things like that, then I guess components, especially if they're in relation to, like, help me um, cast the stuff in the book. Um, oh, that's a good point. Okay. So I'll say for you, Tyr, you spend a lot of time looking for specific items. Like you pick up one thing, kind of toss it off to the side, realize it's once again a spare part. Um, you do come across an item that is quite interesting. It is a very simple looking jug of ceramic kind of quality but there is definitely magical writing on it um it seems to be filled with something like you shake it it feels like there's a liquid in it 
but you can't really see into it. It's got a strange metal stopper on it. Okay. It's like, do I pull a Galmir or? <laughs> it goes. It, it I can see him calculating the loss in prevention. <laughs> um, I'm going to grab the jug. Okay. I'm gonna find just one of those like, you know, backpacks full of just junk. I'm gonna open the jug. I'm gonna think about honey. I'm gonna empty it out. It's my thoughts. Okay. As you think about that, you feel a kind of harmonic resonance with the jug, like it shakes in your hand for a moment. As you pour, this thick, golden, honey-like liquid begins to pour out of it into a junky old backpack that you grab. Okay, I'll close it up, and then I'll try again. I'll think about... Melted butter. Melted butter is now pouring out of it. Close it up. One, one last time. Flour. <laughs> Nothing comes out. Okay, now I close it. All right. Alex, you actually find a couple interesting things. Um, you find a particular bookshelf that has very strange components on it. And it seems to match some of the descriptions and design of some of the spells. So you kind of grab up a leather, small leather bag, and you start just pouring whatever componentry you think may be in alignment with this spell book that you found. Um, like the needle of a clock, you know, like the, the face of a clock, um, you know, you, you find just all these weird devices and componentry that might be a part of this. You get the feeling that maybe Winks was responsible for both maintaining Black Cloak's different spell books as well as this componentry. Because once again, this feels like you're in a master artificer's lab, so it kind of makes sense. Right. So you can. Okay. Technically, say you have a medium-sized bag filled with components that would allow you to potentially try out some of the chrono spells. For you, Intrude, you are scouring for specific information related to Winks themselves, or... Yeah, Winks, the other disciples, and anything, not exactly autobiographical, but anything of like they did this or here's like you come across oh this is perfect with that role this would fit you come across a charcoal sketch it was rolled up in a tube and you pulled it out and it's a sketch of the seven disciples but they're very young they seem to be standing in front of an archway that's been sketched as well. Uh, the background that they're in front of has been sketched. They're all each individually sketched. Uh, and you finally have names and faces to place on the different disciples. The female known as Annabelle, um, 
you now have a pretty decent image of her. Um, Krennix, his kind of stoic-looking form. You have Theo's kind of angular-looking form. And then there's a picture of Winx in his kind of very kind of regal-looking appearance, but looking very disinterested as clearly whoever's doing the sketch is doing it of them. Then there's Zeno, his kind of dark, brooding appearance. Granji, this very kind of light-hearted looking individual with like just this big smile, a long beard. Um, and then finally the female Chenix, as she is standing there with her arms crossed, just kind of glowering at the person who's taking the, the sketch. And the over the archway, kind of written in letters within the sketch, um, it just says Hollister's workshop over the archway. You get the feeling that this was a sketch of the seven disciples when they initially met with Halastar and basically someone did a sketch of them at the entrance to his workshop. Back when it was like above ground or like Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Hard to know for sure. Okay. So we'll say you guys pretty much exhaust your search at this point. Unfortunately for you, Shogo, nothing of determinate matter that you could find. But time has passed, although it's hard to tell for sure how much time has passed. The Sentinel was awakened, sent off on whatever errand its designed purpose was. Kronos Magic book recovered. Sketches recovered a engineer's map of a place called the mad maze lot as well as the unfortunate or fortunate interaction as Wintrude is now in possession of the deck of many things can't wait to hear what Gelmir says about that when he comes back I don't want Gelmir to know <laughs> I mean I don't I mean Zach can know but I don't want his character to ever know that I have this <laughs> That's why I was trying to keep it hidden. Or so, what are your guys' plans? What are you doing? So, with with uh, if, if it's if the scroll is like plane shift, I can specify a target destination in general terms. Yes, the more you know, the more successful you may be. So, so I wonder what happens if I try to picture the workshop I see in the sketch and see if it's like still a place that exists or we could uh, look at the we... map of the maze of madness and maybe try and oh get to the end of it or Ooh, I like that idea so what is the maze of madness specifically again I was, I was deleting all my horn. items yeah it... of horn <laughs> That's hot. I mean, as, as Tyr kind of rolls it out for everyone to look at, you realize it's a very intricately designed schematic with the author Granji on it. Uh, it looks to be this very elaborate maze designed to get people potentially killed, lost. Um, there are different ways into the maze, but there's only one way out on the opposite end of the schematic challenge you have with this is that 
while the schematic gives you a little bit of familiarity, it you know the the, the scroll is powerful. The spell is definitely powerful, and definitely allows you to leave this place. But the more detail, the more information you have about a focal point of where you're going, the less likely you are to deviate. And if you do deviate, it may not be as severe. I mean, how detailed is the map, though? Does it? It's like, pretty detailed. I mean, a lot of footnotes, markings. It notes certain traps, certain parts of the maze that are designed to get people lost forever. Um, there's even a note at the exit point of the maze. Um, where it just in handwritten uh, common just says um, get the Yankee presence. So should I so so what I would so guys what I'd be like basically as best I can looking studying the map and trying to picture like the end of this maze the other side. So, so is the, is the maze tier like maybe I, I uh, is it like a a, a a sort of trial we'd have to go through anyway is that the understanding like we would eventually come to this portion or yeah I mean it's or just a document that Kalei found it's just a document that okay. just kind of yeah that tier has found that just describes oh, okay. this detailed okay. labyrinth that may okay. be in the undermountain said the end of the maze looks like it is the entrance to the lower levels of the dungeon so Okay. Me. All right. Let me look. Before we try that, that, there's one thing that I would like to try to maybe conserve that scroll. Okay. Alexander, you mentioned when we were talking about escaping earlier, you said something about a voice in your head saying, where there's a will, there's a way. Yes. Uh, I kind of walk over to the wall where we first showed up and focus on the concept of leaving this place does anything happen <laughs> yeah you stand there you just think about it you think hard about it you open your eyes no change no like no physical distinction arises all right just wanted to give that a try beforehand <laughs> Kind of a, well, I don't know if we can group wish our way out of here. I mean, that's. Magic is weird like that sometimes. You've got to find Winx's actual will. <sighs> and I don't want to say any more about magic because I'm too scared to say anything about the deck and then Gelmir and anybody <laughs> else possibly finding out. Like, I don't. Yeah, you, you just hear him nattering to himself amongst the piles of junk. I'm going to take this. Oh, yeah, I got to have this. And, and eventually, like you watch as he comes out from a huge pile of stuff, lays out the um, portable hole, and just pushes over a giant pile of stuff. <laughs> the fills just tumbles into the hole. And he kind of so, rolls it up, puts it, all right, I'm ready to go. Where are we going? What are we doing? I mean, like, I know. So, I mean, she'll go, like, if you'll excuse me for a second as I, as I talk to the others. Like, I know that the, that the standard deal is treasure hunting and, and keeping stuff. So, in a maze would probably be chock full of things you'd want to, you know, gems and, and coinage and everything. But Gems? Should, oh, I'm sold. Let's go. Should, well, should we just try to shift ourselves to the end of the maze? I don't really want to go through a maze is what I'm I I am I am uh, 
totally down for going through a maze. Of course you are. <laughs> based, based on what little I Where there's no play. risk, there's no reward. So. Okay. Does the map of the maze indicate that there's any type of treasure or anything? Uh, give me perception. Or no, give I'll me assist. insight as you begin to kind of scour all the markings and notes on the map. Okay, 22. Yeah, with advantage. All right. 24. 24. Running your finger along the edge of where some of the notes are, there are two key landmarks within the maze that kind of strike your fancy. <clears throat> there's one that talks about a dragon's den, and then there's another one that talks about something that goes by the name of Old Rotten Eye. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to be disappointing or anything. But um, it's, and I try to whisper it so because I see Gelmir's over there. I don't want to face anything that's potentially an old ancient dragon. Right. I don't have my book anymore to put any other dragons to sleep. Um, <laughs> And I don't know how Gelmer stumbled into that scale the last time. I don't even want to begin <laughs> to imagine that, but could we just try to get to the end of the maze? All right, let's do it then. Let's get out of here. I'm not so sure. I, As I said, from what I know of plane, tra plane or travel, if you haven't actually, like, if you aren't actually familiar with where you're trying to end up, uh, things could go badly wrong. So I'm not actually sure skipping to the ed end of the mate is, is actually safer. As crazy as that sounds. Well, we'd be at the end of the maze. Or we may end up dead in the middle or uh, up here or turned inside out for all I know. Well, I mean, we might... Look, okay, um, let me stare at this end. So I'm trying to scour the <laughs> yeah. details of the end of the map again. Yeah, like so as you guys are the map. swarmed around Wintrude is studying this map, the nervous energy of Gelmir, as you think you have a good possible destination to get to. The trick is reading the spell, and is there enough familiarity to get where you want to get to? Um, and that's going to be a good place for us to stop tonight as we're almost at three hours at this point. <laughs> Holy shit, you found the deck of many things. That was pretty cool. And you pulled the card like a proper gabo. I thought that was pretty cool. So you guys linger for a bit so we can talk about schedules. Everybody else, thank you for watching. Thank you for the raid. Uh, that was lots of fun, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, be safe, be kind, and don't forget to play a game. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs> And I was like, keep pulling cards, keep pulling cards. Yeah. <laughs>